This is the Make America Grape Again podcast, produced and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. In this podcast, we explore wines from all 50 states in the United States of America. Welcome to the Make America Grape Again podcast. I'm here with Eileen and your husband, John. Uh, Or as I know Eileen, Eileen in army pants. There you go. (laughs) Today's episode is Georgia, the state, not the country, I promise. We are looking at the Frogtown propaganda from 2011. This is a blend of 57% Merlot, 17% Cabernet Sauvignon, 13% Petit Verdot, and 13% Malbec. So this is a Bordeaux-style blend. Bordeaux-style red blends traditionally are associated, as I talked about in the uh, Idaho episode, with red grapes that are grown in Bordeaux. So you've got... Merlot, Malbec, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Petit Verdot, and the other one that no one ever grows anywhere is Carmenere. And there's a few other grapes that you can grow if you want to call it a meritage, but again, I've not seen any of those grapes anywhere. Tell us a little bit about the, uh, the wine scene in Georgia from your experience there. Well, I mean, when you think of Georgia wine, you think of or muscadine grapes, muscadine wine, you know, strawberry wine, all that stuff. You see the very sweet, traditional Southern wines. But if you find, just like in any state, you find the right spot. You find people who are trying to make wine the traditional method. Frogtown in particular, they want to make it in the same way as the French make it. They are passionate about their stuff, and so are some other ones in in Georgia, and you just gotta find those guys, and they, they're making great wine out there. So the way the way we found Frogtown, um, we weren't actually looking for wine. We were looking for just a, we had t- two days, just a weekend, looking to go a couple hours away, and we found a very kitschy but adorable tourist town called Helen, Helen, Georgia. Um, and we knew that there was wine up in a valley a little ways away. There was hiking, uh, so we checked it out. Um, really really cute town if you're ever looking for it's a it's a german style town so there's the very kitschy cobblestones and yeah windmills everything and, looks like you're in a traditional like small german town the way the houses are built and everything. yeah good food so we figured we might as well give it a shot stopped at just in, in helen in town should i mention the name go ahead <laughs> we stopped at habersham which yeah. which is right in downtown helen right as you get in it's just a tasting room. It's a, uh, they might have some grapes. I doubt it. Um, really cute. Very nice. They had sweet wines. They had fruit wines. They had more of what you expect and what we had had from Georgia. Not, I mean, not terrible. Not terrible. But we figured it was kind of par for the course for Georgia. We're not going to get a grape bottle, but we'll get some Georgia wine and we'll call it a day. Drove up a little bit to Dahlonega. Yeah, it's in Dahlonega. Dahlonega. This is our second stop. That's Tangentially, the only place I really remember in Georgia that I've been to when I was like seven. Really? To the gem sifting sorting place? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's, you know, <coughs> up in the, through the, through the mountains there. So, the, long before I was interested in wine. Believe it or not, that actually was a thing. <laughs> well, now it's time to go back now that yes. you are. Beautiful, beautiful property up on a hilltop. You can see all their vines. Um, we walked in, were immediately impressed. They, you know, had their shit together, saw, you know, their awards, and we thought, okay, well, we're going to be a little reserved because of the experience we just had. But 
blown away. We were immediately blown away that wine of this quality was happening in Georgia. So I think we joined their yeah, membership on the spot. Yeah, we joined there that the day spot. as a member to get their bottles and conveniently they shipped to Arizona. This is good. Yeah. And this is, speaking of good things, this is good. Yeah. I admit I also came in kind of like, and then you said, oh, these were great when you came in and visited me in the tasting room in your own. And I was like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll, let's trade something and record. Yes, and, and I, I admitted that, so with their membership bottles, it has been somewhat hit or miss lately. We haven't been this impressed with every bottle, but when they get it right, they get it so right. They, they uh, I prefer when they're, they're wines that are from all Georgia grapes. They do some East Coast, West Coast blending. They're still good wines but not what I would call above average. Yeah, this is stellar. Yes, and this is very clearly a wine with a sense of place. Yeah. Uh, it's got that classic, as I mentioned in a few episodes, that musky character that I associate with humid, moist environments. It's sort of musty, and it's also got uh, what I described as the platonic ideal of Dr. Pepper yeah. uh, on the nose. For, for me, what brings me back to to Frogtown wines are the ones that have the, the sour cherry at the at the end. It just really leaves you with a with a good impression. I always want another glass of this. And they're willing to experiment. They got yeah. anything from Bordeaux blends to Tempranillo and to not, you know. To not, yes. really? Yes, what's what su- has surprised me is we've seen some grapes from them that we see in Arizona. So Tanat is the one. They've got a Sangiovese as well. Ooh. And their Sangiovese was surprisingly good. I was, huh. in, I was impressed with their Sangiovese coming from Georgia. I mean, where, where they are, I know Helen has, there's rivers, there's some falls um, nearby. So I, I don't know, maybe it depends on the year, but the Sangiovese they sent in the, the club shipment was excellent. Hmm. Yeah. Intriguing. Mm-hmm. And they um, have like a sister company, I think, called Wolf. And there's another Wolf. one. I saw that yes. online when I, I did a little bit of brief online research. And we went there as well, and they have an excellent ice wine. Ooh. No, that, that, was, no it wasn't? that was Yona Mountain. Never mind, that we was Yona Mountain. We had a great ice wine, and they have a bottle called Totem, which is their like flagship, which we still haven't opened. So okay. <laughs> We had the tasting, I recall it being good, but that was a couple years ago. Okay, so. Yona Mountain, that was the one with the ice yeah, wine. Yeah, that was a really good ice wine. Yeah. Did they actually make it on site from, from a freeze, or did they cry? There's no way. They, ha- they well, can't. I don't, I don't know. I didn't I can't ask. remember. But I can't um, imagine it would get cold enough. So, yeah, it was about two or three years ago now, so I can't remember exactly how they make it, but they, mm. it was a good wine, I'll tell you that much. They might have sourced it. But. So there are, I should say, there is one AVA in Georgia, and actually, according to Wikipedia, Georgia was actually an important wine-growing region in the U.S. in the 19th century, and actually, by 1900, was actually ranked sixth in production hmm. among all U.S. states. The one AVA in Georgia is the Upper Hawassi Highlands AVA, which was created, I want to say, in 2014. and includes land in three counties of northern Georgia and two counties of western North Carolina. That makes sense. Uh, it's located near the southern end of the Blue Ridge Mountains and includes town, uh, portions of the Georgia counties of Fannin, Towns, and Union, and Cherokee and Clay counties of North Carolina. I have no idea if this is from that AVA or not. Um, but that particular AVA covers about 690 miles square, 54 acres of planted vineyards, with 26 vineyards altogether. Hey! Hey! 
Everybody, this is Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Barris of Flying Leap Vineyards. He's sneaking into this podcast. You want to grab a glass and join us and talk about sure. a little bit of Georgian wine? So the modern wine industry in Georgia really only began in the 1980s. And actually, it turns out that Georgia is the leader in production of wine from the Muscadine grape, which this is not yeah. at all related to Muscadine. These are traditional vinifera varietals that, again, come from Bordeaux. This is why we're so excited to find it. They're, they're very serious winemakers. They're not, the, not that your Muscadines aren't serious. Yeah, and I've had some ones that I would drink twice of yes. the Muscadines. Yes, but... Um, probably not a third time, admittedly, so far. They, they care a lot about their craft at Frogtown yeah. and about... about trying new things and even if it doesn't hit the mark they, yeah. they clearly do uh, the point is they're, tr- they're trying yeah so uh, to read the back of the label of the propaganda Frogtown <laughs> I love the name by the way Frogtown grows and produces ultra premium and premium wines on the Dalanega Plateau our vineyards are planted on steep hilly contours and slopes at elevations of 1,675 to 1,825 feet above sea level we produce red wines using traditional, time-honored, non-invasive winemaking protocols. Frogtown reds are neither fine nor filtered, which is actually really fun, because it's kind of going to be a natural character to it. And and natural wines are a hard thing, too, to make, although I I don't know if they're they're using wild ferment or not. Um, They didn't say so, so I'm probably guessing they're not, but that's not a bad thing. Natural wines are a whole other... Mark is so funny. I love him. <laughs> but it is a Georgia red wine, so it's not one of the east-west blends. It's also got this, uh, on the nose, this sort of like bitter cacao and Connecticut broadleaf ra- shade-grown tobacco wrapper character. And as this wine is opening up, it's getting a little bit more bright on the case of the fruit. Mm-hmm. You can definitely get the fruit more now. This is why we'll, we'll, sit, we'll sit with a bottle of this just at, like in, into the, the night. And it's one of those ones that just, it keeps on going and getting better at glass after glass, which is why it's just, I get very excited when I see a propaganda in the, in the membership shipment. And it's also getting the sort of incense character and a little bit of floral character. I'm not sure what flowers there are, but maybe uh, Mark can tell us what he gets on the nose. Mark, yeah, I'm sure. So we've got some wine from the state of Georgia for you. The state of Georgia? Yes. Yeah. The state of Georgia. You're gonna be, you're gonna be surprised. State of Georgia? Yes. Is you sure? <laughs> yeah. What kind of wine is this? It's a Bordeaux blend. It's a blend of 57% Merlot, 17% Cabernet Sauvignon, 13% Petit Verdot, and 13% Malbec, 100% Georgia-grown grapes from the Dalanega Plateau. Oh, Dalanega. Dalanega. See, I, I, don't, I don't know which is the right way to say it. Dalanega. That's the way I've said it. They have gold mines. I don't know how to pronounce yeah. anything. Dalanega yeah. is a gold mine. That's like Georgia to gold rush in Dalanega. It's a beautiful area. I went there and they had a, I went to this bar and like in the back, the guy showed me a trap door, hidden trap door, and the mine was down underneath the bar. Oh. And they would, you know, it was all like cutthroat and stuff, but they, they mine gold in And it's the home of a, uh, there's a college there, Dahlonega College, I think. <sighs> what year? 2011. Ooh, 11. <laughs> Mark's face. Yeah, he, he's pleasantly <laughs> surprised. He's not, 
He didn't spit it out. He didn't spit it out. He, he's sort of smiling, or, or what approaches smiling for Mark. I would characterize this as thin. It's very thin, but it's... Well, it's a moisture environment. It's, it's harder to get those tannins and skin contact. Yeah, it's got some, it's, it's got some spice to it, though. Yes, yeah. yes. It's got a decent... It's got sort of that cinnamon allspice character that mm -hmm. kind of reminds me of a little bit of Nakaruna, but not as forward. It doesn't have that minerality like we have. Yeah. You know, you know that chalkiness? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I, I love that chalkiness in Arizona. Yeah. Um, one person said they don't like it earthy. Oh, well, I definitely don't like not like it. I, mean, it's, it, I, I don't not like it. It's, it's a good wine. I'm just trying to think of like, you know, how to characterize it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's it's a it's a thin wine. It's just a, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have a long lasting. This is I was I was just saying this is. Cody would get his stopwatch out. I would. This but would be like a 20, 25 second. <laughs> this is my like an end of the end of the night. If we're gonna open a bottle at like. Eight o'clock, really? and we're just gonna sit there. I dig the bottle. So this is no kid and grown produced. All right, kick ass. Oh man, 1,700 feet. That's real low. Uh, for, for Arizona, for, but for Georgia, for Georgia, it's pretty high. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm almost thinking. I'm wondering if the uh, if the altitude, what the altitude does for grass. I know it. I know it impacts yields, skin density, berry size, all function of altitude. You know, but I'm wondering what kind of flavors. These are things I think about. Things you have to think yes. about, right? Yeah, exactly. And you know, they have a whole different set of challenges than we do here. Yeah, you'd well, have you'd have a great time if you went down to this wine region in Georgia. Just, I mean, yeah. there, there's I would say there's a couple, three. There's yeah. three good, really good wineries. Well, would you, what would you recommend to a Georgian visitor? I, well, I would recommend Frogtown, well, Yona Mountain, and it was Wolf. Wolf, wolf some, or just Wolf. Wolf Vineyards, I can't remember if it was Wolf yeah, Vineyards or those something. Were the, it is beautiful up at the wine. And, and yeah, it, it is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Well, that's the only yeah. part of Georgia I've ever been to, and I was like seven at the time, you so I don't what? remember much of it. Cody, I'm getting some like cranberry. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's got that cranberry tartness, and also yeah. like almost the platonic ideal of Dr. Pepper. A little bit of Connecticut broadleaf uh, tobacco wrapper. And bitter cacao, along with that cranberry and sour cherry. But you wouldn't guess that Georgia would be producing wine like that. Yeah, this is really good. Oh, hey, no, yeah. I'm, I'm Believe me, I, there's great wine made all over the world. Yeah. Hell, Cody goes over to, like, Istanbul and gets good wine over there. There's amazing. Actually, a lot of those grapes in Istanbul and, and Turkey would mm -hmm. grow amazingly here. The climate in Tawar between Cappadocia yeah. and Wilcox, especially, are very similar. Similar temperature scales, similar yeah. mineralities in the soil. So if, if we're being honest, the... It was it was flying leap and Sonoida Elgin wines that made me believe there could be good wines outside of you know California, oh, Washington, of course Oregon. Yeah. Because he, we were living in Georgia at the time. He had he had been in Arizona and he called and he said, "I'm coming home with a couple cases of wine." And I said, "You're out of your mind. You spent all this money on this crap wine out in the middle of nowhere, in Arizona." Oh, and he comes he comes back. Did you did you end up being the hero? <laughs> First day I met you, and I ended up buying. And that's the point yes. of this particular podcast series that I've started, uh, "Make America Grape Again." The idea is to explore. <laughs> that's right. This is the first time Mark's ever heard of it. <laughs> Make America Grape Again. The idea is to explore wines in all fifty states because there are stars in most of the fifty states that I've explored so far. There are stinkers. See, California yeah. has some bad wine. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Virginia does too. Yeah. The Virginia episode I recorded, we. 
Gary and I, when we recorded that wine, yeah. were very disappointed. Vir- so at the Virginia Wine Festival is where I had that terrible, terrible hey, jalapeno wine. They're doing a jalapeno wine in Virginia. They're doing anything they want to in Virginia. Mm, well, that explains There that. were some good wines, too, but I, I was at a wine festival, so... It was, uh, and I've heard since from people that live in Virginia that that wine we explored was underwhelming. And it's like, oh, really? You did that wine? What, what the fuck was wrong with you? Mm. And she's like, mm, I'm going in blind. What do you want me to do? I'm going in blind, yeah. But anyway, on that note, since we're running over time, they are almost... Because we got Mark in here. Yeah. <laughs> he did bring we up love some, Mark. He did bring up some interesting points. But he, he did, yeah. indeed, which is a good thing that he, that he magically showed up. Mark knows his stuff. He does. Uh, but we should uh, close this off. Till next time, guys. Make America great again. again. Thank you guys once again for bringing us. This was an episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast, sponsored, produced, and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona wine monk. You can reach us at makeamericagrapepodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at, at the AZ Wine Monk, or on Twitter at CV Burkett. Be sure to also check out our website, makeamericagrapeagainpodcast.com.